0: I remember years ago, maybe some of you remember with me, I'm sure some of you do, when you pulled into a petrol station, you could stay in your car. The attendant would come to you, and he'd ask you how much, and you'd tell him how much you wanted, and he'd fill up your car, and you'd, you'd give him the money, and, and off you go. Maybe I'm telling you my age in that, maybe not, maybe some of you don't relate to that, some of you probably do, but today that service, as far as I know, is not available anywhere. You might get maybe one garage here or there that might do it. But I don't, th- I, I, I don't think it's, it's very common around today. Today you have to take responsibility for filling up your own car. You pull into the petrol station, you've got to know how to fill up your own car. A few months ago, probably at the start of March, uh, Emma bought her first car. A little red Fiat 500. She's absolutely thrilled with it. Usually they say I have to pay each daughter or Angela if I mention them in a sermon, so this is going to cost me today. <laughs> but Emma got her first car about at the start of, of, of March in or around there, and it was fantastic. This, this little Fiat 500, the fuel economy on it is amazing. You could drive this thing truly for three weeks without having to fill it up again. But the day came at, after three weeks that it needed to be filled. And uh, Emma was on her provisional license at the time, and, and she always had to have either Angela or I with her. So this day, I wasn't with her. Angela was with her, and they were down in Wexford, and, and they were driving around, and they decided that you know the car was now needing to be refueled, so they decided we better get some petrol. So they pulled into the garage to get petrol, and they were there for a while because they didn't know how to get the fuel cap off. I said this, this will cost me probably more than finances. I haven't mentioned her name. Rebecca's doing a media course in Carlow, and she said that if you're bringing actors into a film, you don't have to pay them so much as long as they don't speak. So if I don't say... I've already said her name, didn't I? Okay. But anyway, they fumble about for about five or ten minutes trying to get this fuel cap off, and other people were coming and going and filling up their cars. I mean, like, you know, I love Formula One, and I love in Formula One when they do pit stops, and, and I used to love when they used to refuel in pit stops because the pit stop used to take about nine seconds. Now they're in and out in a second because they don't take fuel. Now, If the lads, when they were out there this this day getting fuel, if if there were time, the timer would have went off and they would have pushed the car back into the garage and they would have got out of the car and they would have never driven again. It took them at least five minutes to get the fuel cap off. But they eventually did. They Googled. I mean, you're in a bad way when you have to Google how to put petrol in your car, aren't you, Amen after about five minutes after googling it and all they eventually got the cap off they eventually filled the car up and, and drove away as red as the car amen <laughs> but it got me thinking when they came home and told me this story it got me thinking what if we were to ignore the warning signs when it comes to the light starts flashing in the car what would happen and you know what would happen? You'd, you'd drive on for a while and the red light would come on. Anybody familiar with the red light? I'm very familiar with the red light. And I, when the red light comes on for me, I know I have about 30 to 40 miles left to drive. Sorry if you're in kilometers, I'm still in miles. And then after about maybe 15 to 20 miles, if you haven't filled up, then the light starts to flash harder. And then you really know that you need to get petrol. In another five miles, if you haven't got petrol, it comes up on my car at least, it says, fill up now. Flashing, fill up now. And that's okay if you're in town, that's fine, but if you're driving between towns or if you're on the motorway or something, you're in trouble. But I kind of wonder, what would happen if you didn't fill up? Eventually, the car would start to splutter and stall, and eventually the car would stop. Why? Because you ignored all of the warning signs telling you to refuel, and now your car is out of fuel and it'll take you nowhere. You know, our lives are full of warning signs warning us of imminent and impending danger. When you see the dark clouds forming over in the west, you know it's going to rain, don't you? When your belly starts to rumble, you know it's time to eat. When you're sitting in the kitchen and you're cooking the dinner for the next day and you start to smell a little smell of burning, you know that you've just burnt the water off the dinner. Our lives are full of warnings, aren't they? Everywhere you go, you're driving along the road and it says sharp end. And you know that this is telling you that, you know, I'm going to have to prepare to turn soon. You take your phone out of your pocket and you see your battery is down to 10%. It's the greatest warning sign of all, isn't it? because your battery's going to die if you don't plug it in. Our lives are full of warning indicators, warning us that we need to take immediate action, or we're going to get wet, we're going to burn the dinner, or worst of all, our phones are going to run out of power. But then there is one warning sign I think that most of us see, and I think a lot of us ignore, and certainly more often than not recently. And that is a warning sign that's telling us we need to be grateful. You see, 2020 has been an amazing, challenging year for every one of us. It's been a year of so many firsts. It seems like what every passing month of this year, the news seemed to get darker and darker and worse every day. For us in the church on the 1st of January, we we buried our eldest member. Like, what a way to start a year. 1st of January, funeral. And I remember driving back from Toss's funeral thinking that, you know what? This year is still going to be our best year. This year is still going to be a great year, not only for us as a family, but for us as a church. This year was going to be amazing. And I was saying that, and I was declare on that and believe on that. And, and then we get into February. And on the 29th of February, 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 February <laughs> we hear on the news that Ireland has its first case of coronavirus. And we know what happens from then. Within a few weeks, we were getting hundreds of cases. And, and within a month, the churches were, actually it wasn't even a month, the churches were all shut down for 16 weeks we were shut down and then we come to the 5th of july and we're back praise the lord ready to reclaim all this lost ground that we had lost up to that point and we were still believing that this year still could be our best year yet or so we thought we didn't know then that that we'd be just coming out of another six or eight weeks can't even remember Six or eight weeks of a lockdown in October and November. Only back in church again in Christmas. And with all that's been happening around the world in this year, in 2020, it's become the year that people has wanted to end and end now. Well, every day, you look on your social media feed, you see people saying, 2020 has got to end. But here's the thing. When 2020 ends, 2021 comes in. And no one has given anybody a guarantee that 2021 is going to be any much of a better year than 2020. Politically or in in any area. So it, it makes me think that what we need to do is we need, even in this last month of 2020, we need to change our attitude towards 2020. And 2020 still can be our best year yet. Amen? You see, I think that most of us, with the problems of coronavirus and everything else that's gone on and associated with that, I think most of us have framed 2020 the wrong way. Even an ugly picture in a nice frame can look good. And I think what we've done is we have taken 2020 and everything that's gone on there and we've said, this is a horrible year, it needs to end. But I think if we were to put 2020 into a different frame, look at it from a different angle, it'll look better. Yesterday we went and bought our Christmas tree. It looked great in the field. And we brought it home and, and we put it in the stand and we put it up and, and surely for 15 minutes, what Emma or Angela or Rebecca was telling me, turn it this way, turn it this way, turn it this way. No, no, twist it around a bit more. No, no, if you twist it that way, it's too bare on this side. Twist it that way, it's lopsided. Twist it this way. And eventually, we found an angle that the tree looks perfect in. And I think what I'm saying to you today is, I think that we need to start to look for an angle where 2020 can look like our best year yet. Amen? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. See, if you've been looking at 2020 as a lost year, I think we have been looking at 2020 from the wrong direction. I think we need to twist it around a little bit. I think maybe if we started to say to ourselves, 2020 has been a great year for me because I'm still breathing and I'm still this side of the ground, 2020 would start to take on a different shape. I think if we look on 2020 and say, well, you know what? I've still got a roof over my head and my family are still with me. I think maybe then we'd start to look at 2020 in a different way. I know a lot of us may have had some health issues going through 2020, but we're still here. Amen. I know with, with, with all of the unemployment that was created in, in, uh, with the coronavirus and all of that, I know a lot of people have been financially cha- challenged for 2020, but Praise the Lord, we're still here. we still got a roof over our heads. Amen? I think sometimes if our focus is on me and and how this has affected me, I think we're looking at it the wrong way. Amen? I think nothing would bring us down to earth quicker and, and, and better maybe than looking on the situations that some people in this world live. They live without a roof over their head. Recently, our our missionary partner that we support in India sent us a a message about this family that he had just encountered and had just led to the Lord. And and he said, you know, we're we're trying to to build a small shack for this, this, this family. A husband and a wife and three kids. Living out in the middle of India. Christians. In a predominantly... Hindu country where they're not even considered to be second-class citizens, third-class at at best. And they did not even have a tin roof over their heads. And when we got that message, you know, Angela and I, it it caused us to look differently at our circumstances. We were hit this year just the same as, as everybody else was hit this year. But when You look at how other people are living in the world. I mean, it will change your perspective on how 2020 was a a bad year. 2020 has been a great year. Amen. Amen. 2020 has been a fantastic year. We're still alive. We're still meeting together. We live in a free country. Amen. Oh, oh, we we can't sing in church, but we can praise God Amen? We can worship God. We can exalt His holy name. Just because we can't do it the same way as we used to do it in the past doesn't mean that we can't do it. Amen? And I think maybe if we start looking at, at how others have been affected this year, and stop maybe, maybe looking so much at how I've been affected this year, I think we'll take on a whole different perspective in 2020. You see, the enemy's plan is to get you to look at your own circumstance. His plan is for you to focus on you, focus on what you've got in your pocket, what you've got in your home, how things have affected you. The enemy is selfish. Amen. He looked on God and he said, Hey, I want some of that. He wanted to worship for himself. And he's still selfish today. He still wants you and I to focus on our needs, our lacks. When God is saying, no, I want you to focus on the world. You know, God's command to us go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature didn't change in 2020. Amen. Just because we were under a bit of a squeeze. that, That command from God still stands. God still wants us to not be looking in all the time. At the stuff that I haven't got. The stuff that I want. And he wants us to focus on the things that people in the world have need of, of. need of him. Amen? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. To every creature. You know in 2020, when we haven't been meeting in church here for, for six months... Physically together, we've been online every Sunday. And every Sunday, with the message that we've had here in church, has, has been viewed at least in some part by over a thousand people every week. When we get together here on a Sunday, if everybody's here, we can preach to over a hundred people. We live in a town of 14,000 people. We live in a county of 160,000 people. When we meet here on a Sunday, we're not reaching everybody in Enniscordi. Not reaching everybody in Wexford. When we go online, when we do what we do online, we can reach thousands. We have reached more people this year in this church. In 2020. In the year that must end and must end today because fill in the blank. We've reached more people in 2020 in Enniscorthy, in Wexford, in this nation and around the world than we've ever reached before. That, for me, is a great year. Oh, we've been discomforted. Oh, yeah, we've been majorly discomforted. We can't come and sit in our comfy seats. We can't shake hands. We can't hug. We can't do the things that we used to do. We've been shaken. But we're still standing. We've reached more people Than we've ever reached before and you know what if it takes six months out of church I do that every year if we could keep reaching the thousands that we've been reaching this year and more amen God said he'd build his church it's not up to me to build his church it's not up to you to build his church we labor with him and as as a laborer in in God's project his church project you know I don't decide what way it's built if I'm hired to build a house with someone, if a contractor comes and hires me to build a house with them, I don't get to decide where the wall goes, how big the house is going to be, how high the roof is going to be, what kind of slates go on the roof. My job is to do what I'm told. So if this is a plan, and I believe it is, if, if everything we've experienced in 2020 up to this point is a part of God's plan. And I want you to know, God has not been taken by surprise in 2020. When the pandemic hit, God didn't go, whoa, has to be something in here somewhere. Must be. I I surely said, God knew it. An actual fact. God expected it. God was waiting for it. You know, the enemy's plans are off the cuff. God's plans are known to him. He knew this was coming. In actual fact, you could say God set us up. He set us up. He set us up as, a, as human beings, as individuals. He set us up as a church. He says, okay, this is coming. I want to see how they react. Because God has a plan. Amen? God has a plan for this nation. He has a plan for this town. He has a plan for you and he's got a plan for me. And that plan that God has, he formulated before the foundations of the world. So God knew this was coming. He knew that church leaders all over the country, all over the world, were going to be discomforted. And he wants to see how we'll react. Will we react with protests? Will we say, no, we will not close? No, we. We will kick and scream, and we'll give out, and we'll complain. We'll video ourselves giving out about the government, giving out about X, Y, and Z, and we will spend all of our time in lockdown complaining against the government and complaining against whatever. Or will we say, okay, we're shut down. Right. What does God want us to do in this time? What's God's plan in this time? Because God doesn't want us to go around shouting and giving out and complaining against the government. Because they're just carrying out God's plan, too. You see, when you frame 2020, when you frame everything that's going on at this time, it's like sometimes a murder mystery. We love watching murder mysteries. Because you never know who's done it until the end. And all of these little bits that you've been fed in episode one, two, three, four, five that didn't make sense that maybe pointed to someone else, in, in episode 6, they all come together. And now you go, at the end, you go, Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah, I see that now. I should have seen that. I, am, I, I was completely off track. And you know what? I think if we could see how this year, how this pandemic plays out, now, I think most of us would go, Oh, Yeah! I see what God was doing now. I wish I'd seen that back in March. Amen? We need to reframe it. Amen? We need to look at it differently because we're looking at it the wrong way. Amen? Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20 says, Giving thanks always for all things. To God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you today. Have you been given thanks for 2020? Have you given thanks for the shutdowns, the lockdowns? The, the, have you given thanks for how the, your life has been disturbed? How the, your, your career has been um, come up against a brick wall? Uh, your, your jobs have been shaken? Have you given thanks for that? No, I don't think we have, and I I, I think I'm the same. I've given out. I've complained. Ask Angela. But I'm trying to learn that in this pandemic, that it didn't come from China, didn't come from the U.S., didn't come from a laboratory. The orchestrator was the enemy. But who's over the enemy? God. God is in control. And I think if we take that and we reframe, we look at it from the different angle, all of a sudden, it will start to make sense to us all. God is in it. He didn't give it, but He's in it. God is orchestrating it. And He wants us to trust Him. Amen? As He leads us, He wants us to trust Him and say, okay, God, I don't understand. I haven't figured this out yet, but I know you're in control, giving thanks in all things. And there's one thing that I want us to get this morning before we close, and we're closing then. That's in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, in all things, as we navigate everything that's gone on, Everything that's still to come because we're not through this yet. In the days to come, in the new year, 2021, when we carry into the new year, I want us as a church and as individuals to remember this one thing. It's In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, in the message version, it says that we are to keep our eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Jesus began this race with you and me. And he's going to finish it. Amen? And he is victorious. Amen?